Section 67 of China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monica M.C. The World's Story, Volume 1, China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 67. A Boston Tea Party in China by William Spear. Some of the Chinese officials urged the emperor to allow the sale of opium. The traders would pay him a large tax, they said, and thus an immense revenue would come to the government. The emperor positively refused. I will not receive a revenue, he declared, from a thing that will destroy the lives and happiness of my people. The Editor In January 1839, the government sent the police to search the native houses of Canton and seize opium wherever found. This led to a curious scene, highly characteristic of the democratic character of the Chinese institutions and the independence of the people. The people would not allow the search to begin until they had first searched the policemen, who were generally known as the greatest opium smokers in the city. A few days after this, the canton authorities caused a native opium smuggler to be executed in front of the factories, whereupon all the foreign flags were immediately struck. The governor took no notice of a remonstrance addressed by him by Captain Elliot, the British Superintendent of Trade. A week after these occurrences, the celebrated Commissioner Lin arrived from court, vested with the most absolute powers that were ever delegated by the Emperor. When he arrived at Canton, there were several British ships in the river, having not less than 20,000 chests of opium on board. These, he demanded, should be given up without delay to be destroyed. He blockaded the factories and even threatened to put the occupants to death, on which the British superintendent, Captain Elliot, deemed it advisable to agree to the surrender of the opium, in order to secure the safety of his countrymen. Several weeks were occupied in the landing of the forfeited drug, during which the merchants were still detained in the factories. But as soon as it was ascertained that all the chests had been brought on shore, the troops were withdrawn and the captives left at liberty to depart. In the meantime, the commissioner had sent to Peking for instructions how to dispose of the property he had seized, and received the following order in the name of the emperor. Lin and his colleagues are to assemble the civil and military officers and destroy the opium before their eyes thus manifesting to the natives dwelling on the sea-coast and the foreigners of the outside nations an awful warning respect this obey respectfully in obedience to this comment on the third of june eighteen thirty nine the high commissioner accompanied by all the officers proceeded to chan hao near the mouth of the river where large trenches had been dug into which the opium was thrown, with a quantity of quicklime salt and water, so that it was decomposed, and the mixture ran into the sea. 
the operations for destroying the drug continued about twenty days and were witnessed on the sixteenth by several english merchants who had an interview with commissioner lynn the market value of the property at the time was about twelve millions of spanish dollars great britain demanded that china should pay this twelve millions of spanish dollars china had no idea of doing any such thing and therefore war was declared the chinese firmly believed that they were the best soldiers in the world and had the best weapons when they were confronted by english troops and english artillery and especially when they found that these foreigners had so little regard for their notions of military etiquette as to attack a fort from the rear and what was almost as bad actually to capture it they were horrified of course such a war could have but one ending the chinese were obliged to pay twenty-one millions of dollars to open the ports of canton amoy fuchau ningpo and shanghai to foreign trade with a definite tariff and to allow foreigners to reside in these cities the island of hong kong was to be given to england british prisoners were to be released and all chinese who had been in the service of the english were to be pardoned it was agreed that intercourse between the rulers of the two nations should be on terms of perfect equality the editor end of section sixty seven this recording is in the public domain